Well, hello, friends at Westside, and greetings to those of you who will watch this online. My name is Adam, and I'm the senior pastor here at First United Methodist Kearney. If this is your first Sunday with us, welcome. It's only my second Sunday, so we'll do this together. I'm so excited to be giving my first sermon here at our church, and it's my hope that we'll all be both challenged and encouraged by reading God's Word together. You know, my son is five, and he's a huge Spider-Man guy. And recently, Netflix came out with Into the Spider-Verse on on their platform. So you probably don't need to guess that that has been in heavy rotation at the Musto home. And uh, it it, it follows the story of Miles Morales, who's discovering his superpowers. And at one point, he asks Spider-Man, gosh, how how will I know when I'm ready? And Spider-Man says, you don't. It's just a leap of faith. And I think that's the way that life works a lot of times. I think that most worthwhile things in life require risk. You know, when you're starting something new, it's scary because you don't know how it's going to turn out. If you're a student, you don't need me to tell you that. On the first day of school, you know, it's it's nerve-wracking. If you've ever moved, it's hard being the new kid because you don't know how it's going to go. Any new beginning, starting a new job, beginning a new relationship, it's all up in the air. You don't know how it's going to turn out. It requires risk to move forward because you don't know the outcome. It takes faith to try. And I imagine some of you might be feeling that way about receiving a new pastor. And that's okay. It's okay to have questions. I've been United Methodist my whole life, so I know how this goes. Gosh, I, I wonder what the new pastor will be like or or oh, I hope we still do, you know, fill in the blank. There's a third eye blind song that says, how's it going to be? You know, but the church isn't just about one person. And our church isn't even just about one location. It's about the mission. And what God requires of us to take part in that mission is faith. In our scripture today, a coalition of armies are on a mission and things have gone wrong. They've run into trouble. And the instructions they receive from God really don't make much sense. So this morning we're going to be looking Old Testament from the book of 2 Kings. We're going to start in chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. The king of Edom and his troops joined them. Now them is the armies of Israel and Judah. And all three armies traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days. But there was no water for the men or their animals. What should we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. That was their enemy. But King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, is there no prophet of the Lord with us? If there is, we can ask the Lord what to do through him. One of King Joram's officers replied, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. Jehoshaphat said, yes, the Lord speaks through him. So the king of Israel, King Jehoshaphat of Judah, and the king of Edom went to consult with Elijah. Now it's interesting how when things go well, we like to take the credit. But when the opposite happens, when things go bad, we want to put the blame on God. God has led us out here to our defeat, the king says. 
And then they do what a lot of us do. They get real spiritual when they need something. That's when they decide to go to God. I heard one pastor describe this as treating God like an ATM. We only go when we need a withdrawal. They're looking for a prophet, a mouthpiece of God. Elisha was an apprentice of Elijah. Now that's very confusing. They sound very similar, but Elisha was kind of the right-hand man to Elijah, one of Israel's greatest prophets. And imagine a presidential motorcade, like eight Chevy Tahoes in black with, with the sirens blazing, rolling up to your house. That's what it would have been like when these three kings come to see Elisha in his tent. And that makes his response, I think, even more hilarious. We'll pick up uh, in verse 13. Why are you coming to me, Elisha asked the king of Israel. Go to the pagan prophets of your father and mother. So Elisha was chastising him for his family history of worshiping other gods. Not a real pleasant greeting, was it? But King Jordan of Israel said, no, for it was the Lord who called us three kings here only to be defeated by the king of Moab. Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I wouldn't even bother with you except for my respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Now, bring me someone who can play the harp. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. So Elisha is clearly feeling sassy, and I imagine it would be frustrating to be treated kind of like prophecy on demand, right? So he's, he's annoyed, he's, he's taking shots at the kings, and, and then he calls for a harpist. Now what's that about? Well, it was very common practice uh, in ancient times, and even in modern times, for music to accompany kind of a, a spiritual occasion, right? That's, that's why we have worship, uh, excuse me, that's why we have music and worship, right? It, it, it sometimes music can, can set a tone or uh, kind of achieve an environment that is unique. And, and so Elisha had music accompany his prophecy he was about to deliver. So he gets a little mood music going, and I'm going to use the King James Version for verse 16. This is Elisha saying, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. I'm sorry, what? that we're in a desert, we're dying of thirst, and we're going to God for help, and the instructions we receive are, make this valley full of ditches. Imagine that you're dying of thirst, and then you're told you need to dig a ditch. Now, I'm not gonna lie, this next sentence feels very cool to say. I've actually dug ditches in the desert, and I can tell you, it is a very difficult thing. Turns out it's really tough. So the kings want God to make all this better, but it turns out that they have a part to play. Make this valley full of ditches. Elisha continues. We'll read in verse 17 and 18. You will see neither wind nor rain, says the Lord, but this valley will be filled with water. You will have plenty for yourselves and your cattle and other animals. But this is only a simple thing for the Lord, for he will make you victorious over the army of Moab. So let's recap. Three mighty armies brought together in defense and in battle 
of the Moabites. And then they're brought to the brink of defeat because they don't have water. God intervenes and tells them to dig ditches even though it's not going to rain or storm. They're in the middle of the desert. There's a lot about the Christian life that doesn't seem to add up on paper. It doesn't make sense. Things like when Jesus tells us to love our enemies. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? That's why they're my enemies. If I love them, they wouldn't be my enemies. What, what are you talking about? Or when Jesus says to pray for those who, who persecute us. Well, why would I want to do that? Being generous with your resources. We can do lots of other things with that money. None of this makes sense apart from faith. Do the three armies have an expectation that God would move? Then dig a ditch. Friends, in your life, are you thirsty? Then dig a ditch. We read earlier God's command to make this valley full of ditches. In the Hebrew, that word that we translate valley is a very specific term. The word we translate into valley is wadi. And it's a geographical area. So say it with me, even on video, wadi. (laughs) Wadi. The wadi, not quite as popular as the wobble, as it turns out. No, a wadi is a stream bed that remains dry except during the rainy season when it's filled with water that's run off from higher elevations. So wadis were often used as roads in the dry season because of the natural path that they formed. But then out of nowhere, they would fill with water. So the command to make the wadi full of ditches is to capture the water that God would soon provide to be prepared so that when God moved, they wouldn't miss it. How often do we go with God with the expectation that, that prayer or faith just kind of means closing our eyes and, and just hoping real hard or, or just hoping something will happen? Sometimes faith doesn't mean just hoping real hard. It means digging a ditch to take an active role in the work of God. You know, 150 years ago, when our church was started, some people didn't just construct a building, they were digging a ditch. They were acting in faith that God would move. 20 years ago, when it became clear that in order to grow and continue the mission, we would need some new space, the people who relocated from our old downtown campus to this campus, they were digging a ditch. They were preparing for God to move and to bring new people into our community. When it became clear that the church needed to relocate, people like Orrin Matthews, beloved pharmacist and longtime member of our church, people like Orrin could have easily dug in their heels, but instead, they decided to dig a ditch. They decided to make room for God to move. And not even a year ago, a team of people did the same thing in order to make more room here at 92 and to make a new place for new people, we launched our West Side campus. And when we did that, we weren't just starting a new church, we were digging a ditch. We were acting in faith that God would move. You know, when you come to worship, especially when you're not feeling it, you're digging a ditch. You are preparing yourself for God to move. You're putting yourself in a position to receive from God. 
When you give generously to God, you're digging a ditch. When you show up to serve at Ronald McDonald House or Whittier Elementary or setting up on Sundays, you're not just putting up pipe and drape, you're digging a ditch. You're not just serving folks brunch at at a hospital, you're digging a ditch. You're not just uh, giving students school supplies or being available in their lives, you're digging a ditch. You're acting with the expectation that God will move. When you love God more than what's comfortable for you or what your preferences are, and and when you trust that, that God will continue the mission, you're digging a ditch. Do you want God to move in your life? Are you thirsty? Then dig a ditch. Elisha says in verse 19 that God will deliver them and give them victory over the Moabites. And in verse 20, we read, the next day, about the time when the morning sacrifice was offered, water suddenly appeared. It was flowing from the direction of Edom and soon there was water everywhere. The armies had the faith to dig a ditch when they were dying of thirst. So that when the water came, when God's provision arrived, they had made a space for God to fill. I wanna introduce you to my two-year-old daughter, Betsy. Betsy Irene. She's named after both my wife and I's grandmothers, and we just couldn't be happier and prouder of her. Betsy was born with a condition called torticollis, and the muscles in her neck, they were tense, and she couldn't, she couldn't turn her head in one direction. And that creates all sorts of interesting problems. Now, I do want to say, if you were to have a draft for things to be wrong with your kid, this would be the first draft pick, because treating it wasn't very difficult. It involved some physical therapy and and that helmet that that we saw. Uh, But this had all sorts of interesting consequences for her not to be able to turn her head. Um, Because she was always looking in one direction, when she laid back, she began to develop a flat spot. And also because the one side of her face wasn't being stretched at all, her features, like her ears and her eyes, began to be asymmetrical. And so she wore this helmet 23 hours a day and it was amazing, right? Like the, I could be upset that, that my daughter had this condition she was born with, or I could be excited that all we had to do was slap on this bad boy and she would get better. So she wore it 23 hours a day and it was laser fitted, like cut to fit around her head, not super tight, but, but snug, flush against her, her skull, except for the place in the back where it was rounded out and there was a space in the helmet. And the way this worked was slowly over time, as her brain grew, her skull would naturally expand into the space in the helmet. Do you wanna grow in your faith? Do you want God to move in your life? Then make a space that only God can fill. I've known since I was a boy that I needed to be a pastor. I knew that that was God's call on my life. Now you can be in ministry a lot of ways without being a pastor, by the way, but I knew that that was what was for me. And for most of my life, I put off being ordained because I knew what it would mean. Growing up as a Methodist pastor's kid, I saw how that went. And I decided very early on, oh, I don't ever wanna tell my kids that we're moving. 
And I want to be in charge of where I will work and where my family will live. Well, you can see how well that turned out, <laughs> right? So for a long time, I tried to hold on to that control and, and, and minimize that risk. I didn't want to make the leap. But when Sarah and I said yes to ordained ministry, we were digging a ditch. All sorts of questions would go unanswered when we made that decision. Where would we work? What would, what would Sarah's job look like? She's a teacher, could she find another school? What will our church family be like? Where will we live? All unknowns to us. But since we released that control and gave it to God, who took the space that we made and blessed us beyond measure, beyond our wildest expectations. So I don't know what this means for you this morning. What's your next step in faith? What ditch are you gonna dig? You know, there's a couple clues to that. You know, it doesn't make sense to make the valley full of ditches when you're dying of thirst. What is something in your life that on paper just doesn't all add up and it's gonna take faith that God will move in order to see that thing through? I've also heard a pastor describe discernment by nausea. What's something in your life, maybe, maybe a relationship that needs to be restored or a difficult conversation you need to have or a major move in the life of your family? What's something in your life that kind of makes you sick when you think about it a little bit? And discernment by nausea is taking that feeling as a clue that that may be what God is calling you to do. That pit in your stomach, maybe it's something like, videotaping your sermons for the first time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that could be for you. But that feeling in your stomach could be a clue to the thing that God is calling you to do. So grab a paper bag and dig a ditch. Friends, for 150 years, this church has been digging ditches. I give thanks for the amazing ministry that God has done in our community. I'm so grateful for a church that has shown the faith it takes to try new things, both at 92 and at Westside. And now we get to enter into a new chapter together. So today, I'm asking you to dig a ditch. Give your new pastor a shot. Dig a ditch, take that next step of faith. Join a small group, begin to serve. Try something you haven't before. Step out in faith and dig a ditch. Friends, I believe everything in life that's worthwhile requires risk. And I believe God will continue to move and do amazing things in our community if we continue to make a space that only God can fill. Let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, for the chance to hear from your word. We ask that you impress upon us that thing that doesn't quite add up that you're calling us to. Give us the faith to dig that ditch. To do the next thing even though we don't know the outcome. And God, we're not relying on our own strength to do that, but the strength that only comes from you. The trust that you will work in our lives that when we make a space that only you can fill, that you'll do it. We ask all these things in your son's name and everybody said together, amen.